Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 107. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here once again with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, we're back in Chernobyl. Yes, we are. It's getting hot in here. It is. We've got another subject to discuss. We do. I should note that we were recording this on a uh, Friday, May 11th. We are. We had some... Uh, interesting news this week. We had a lot of interesting news this week, but we wanted to talk today about some trends, one specific trend, but a couple of things that came up in the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center report, their IC3 report that is that sort of offers insight into all the data that the Internet Crime Complaint Center received in 2017. So the report just came out you know, this week in May, but it's for all the data in 2017. And there was your usual data about, you know, ransomware, which we're going to start off with. But there was also some interesting data there about another threat that I keep hearing about a lot and I wanted to discuss with you. So, so the first item in this report, Peter, ransomware, I got I to gotta admit, I didn't think that this was this report this data was going to go in this direction, but apparently, according to the IC3 report, the FBI received uh, seven uh, 1,783 complaints for ransomware in 2017, as opposed to 2,673 complaints in 2016. So less by a significant margin. And sort of a, a, an add-on to that, the dollar amount related to those losses, according to IC3, is about the same. It was 2.3 million to 2.4 million. So fewer number of incidents, but about the same amount of money. So surprised, Peter? Again, this is the IC3, so it's not like... It's everybody that reported it to the IC3. Right, and it, so, so it's the FBI data for people that voluntarily reported it, not, oh, we heard about this FBI investigators and we, yeah. So, to clarify, well, I mean, when you get these kind of reports, you you got to ask yourself, what does it mean? Does it mean that the fewer people are reporting the crime? Does it mean that the crime is happening less often? I mean, I would I would conjecture that there's a lot of people that if they if they lose five hundred bucks to something like this, uh, they're not, or if they lose their data, they're not necessarily going to call the IC3 and complain to the FBI about it, uh, especially, you know, the more the more exposure it gets to a wider public audience, uh, the more that, that, that ordinary people know about ransomware, especially given that, that in some cases it's just, you know, your stuff is gone and you either pay or you don't get your stuff back. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think that, that I would be inclined, I would be less inclined to call the FBI if I had got hit with ransomware, um, I mean that's a good question. If you if you had a ransomware on your system, would you call the FBI about it? On my personal system? Yeah. That is a good question. I haven't I hadn't thought about it. I mean, I think if if we got hit with it here at Tech Targo, we should report it. And that's what I'm kind of like internally. I'm I'm sort of looking at this data and saying, oh, is it? Are these complaints mostly random sort of consumers that get hit and don't know what to do because that was my first guess but then I think to myself like you you just outlined are they really going to call the FBI 
I mean, he's going to be like, oh, I got hit with it. I'm not going to pay it. I'm going to get a new computer and move on. Yeah, I mean, the the losses that they estimate at two or two two million or so, a little over two million, for two, you know, for about two thousand complaints at about two million total. Yeah. Where you know, what is that? About a thousand dollars per incident. Yeah. On average, and a lot of those are probably you know, like if you get if you if you have a larger organization that gets hit with um, multiple systems and they have to pay fifty right thousand, that then then your median victim is is maybe getting hit for considerably less yeah um also i thought that some of these uh campaigns are bringing in big bucks i mean two million sure two 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 point three million for for uh seventeen hundred eight hundred eighteen hundred incidents that doesn't well, seem think, like yeah but you think about wanna cry and not petia like the payment system was broken right right but there's a lot so, of oh there's a lot of yeah, others yeah yeah i mean the, but so so on the one hand you get the consumers who are you know if let's say they're out two hundred fifty or five hundred dollars yeah and th- they just don't think to report it to the FBI because it's not on their radar yeah um, and then you get company you, know, you get companies that are hit with this kind of thing and they're private companies they're not bound yeah. to uh, to, to uh, shareholders they may just keep it mum anyway keep it under the covers because they don't want to get embarrassed about yeah it. and I, I reading the report it sounds like the the write up at least I don't know about the actual underlying data is geared more toward businesses, you know the FBI mm-hmm. says you know uh, in this report it says FBI does not support paying the ransom but there's an understanding that when businesses are faced with an inability to function ex- executives will evaluate all options to protect their shareholder shareholders employees and customers. And and it says you know in all cases we encourage you to contact your local FBI office to. Report a ransomware incident. I, I get that. So uh, my guess is probably few. There's probably just as many total ransomware incidents going on and attacks, and probably even more. Just fewer people are reporting it. It just seems to be the way. I don't. I don't think people report ransomware. That's that's just me. I think very few people do, and that may be why the number has gone down. So. Well, and that said, I just want to throw in that yeah. that I I think I, some of the people that I've spoken with in the last few months have been indicating that. Yeah, ransomware, ransomware is is one thing, and yeah. it, and it does pay the rent for the attackers. But if you get a two percent response rate on ransomware, you've destroyed fifty devices for every one that you get paid on. Right. Um, and a lot of a, a lot of movement is uh, on the criminal side has been towards doing the crypto jacking. Yeah. Where you just have you just make sit a, there make make the victim work for your money. Make yeah, make the victim's computer work for your money. Yeah. But, so right. um, yeah, but I mean, you get paid. You get paid more uniformly with that kind right, of thing. Right, right. But yeah, I'm, th- yeah, uh, th- it's a shifting landscape. We yeah, I know. We 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 talked wh- a while back uh, sort of about the shifting landscape. Maybe this is evidence that it really is moving more toward crypto schemes, crypto mining schemes, crypto jacking attacks. But it's hard to know from the data, although. The, the real interesting part of this IC3 report to me, Pierre, was the data on business email compromise, um, email account compromise. So BEC and EAC, as they call it. And this is the first year where they, the FBI sort of categorizes as a combined category. And without looking at the outline, Pierre, with the metrics in there, how much do you think um, BEC cost uh, according to the reported incidents, you okay. know the IC three received. 
Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. I looked. You looked. I did look. Uh, Isn't that a staggering figure? $675 million last year. Last year. year. Compare that to the ransomware. It's, what, 30 to 1 or something? Is it? I don't know. I'm not good with math. I'm a journalist. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess that means I'm not a journalist. Right, right. Well, you're you're a technologist. I am what I am. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the business email compromise and that account stuff, I mean... $675 675 million. I don't know why it's taken so long for that to, to come up because because that kind of uh, a fraud activity yeah. predates the internet. And this isn't and so the the report goes into this but for the purposes of the discussion this isn't like oh I fished somebody I got into their inbox and I'm taking emails like business email compromise is about Compromising an email account directly, gaining control of it, or gain, or setting up accounts on a corporate like email server, or not even going that far, just spoofing domains, and then crafting very convincing wire transfers, invoices, financial documents that allow you to get to that six hundred seventy-five million. If it was just compromising an email account. It'd be hard to get to that, you know, to that number. But that's what this this stuff is. And the IC3 reported 15,690 combined BEC EAC complaints in 2017 compared to about 12,000 uh, BEC incidents the year before. And again, 2017, they started combining EAC and BEC together. So it looks like it's a growing problem. It's certainly, like, like from a monetary perspective, like that's – Astound like that is compared to what we're seeing with ransomware. And again, we don't know how many true ransomware incidents are being reported and who's paying. So I get all that. But 675 million, that is incredible. And you're right. Why weren't people doing this sooner? I it's a it's a great question. Why do you think? I, I don't why well, I, I don't think it's because the attackers were not ready to do it. I think it's because it's taken this long to to, to normalize using the internet for doing these kinds of things. 20 years ago, people weren't, yeah. weren't, you know. I mean, we, um, when did, okay, my wife and I bought a house about 20 years ago, yeah. and we bought uh, our current house about four years ago. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, we sat at the, at the lawyer's office for a closing, and we signed a lot of things, and we paid, and we wrote checks. I know where you're going, yeah. Now, for the more recent closing, we sign stuff on the internet. Yeah. We just use these services that we're signing stuff. Yep. It's like, and hoping that all that money that we're getting and giving is going to land where we hope it's going to land. Um, but I think the, the reason we didn't do it 20 years ago that way was because nobody trusted it then. Now people trust it. And I, I'm not, I'm not so sure I trust it anymore so much, but uh, but yeah, and what does like, what does a signature mean? Like 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 an actual signature, not a digital signature. What does a signature mean? Like what, exactly. what does that mean? Like oh oh, somebody wrote, like scribbled <laughs> a, like a doctor, you know, just like oh here's a couple loops. Yeah, what does that mean? That doesn't prove that you're you. That's right. Um, did you hear about the incident? I mean, this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but the the, the UPS scam. This guy, oh, God. <laughs> this is great. This guy, <laughs> oh, it's amazing. He he was just like oh, I'm gonna send a change of address. Uh, uh, form into the U.S. Postal Service 
and, uh, and make it look like UPS is moving their headquarters to my address in Chicago. <laughs> and so, so all, all this mail starts showing up, like in literally in tubs, in buckets, sitting yeah. outside of his apartment because he had the audacity <laughs> to to send in a change of address. And people are just like, well, I, you know, it says UPS, and all the information checks out, and it's signed. And I think he actually initialed it UPS, where it says sign for this. <laughs> It's incredible. Yeah. yeah but, is. um, yeah, I, sorry to throw that in because I, I just – I thought that was hilarious. But, yeah, so this this whole scheme comes down to, uh, you know, fake documents, like like creating – and so, like you said, so much of it is going across the Internet now, whether it's um, – you know, we're, we're, we're just faxing, not faxing, uh, uh, scanning documents or whether they're oh, just yeah. di- digital documents uh, and digital signatures. Uh, I wrote about something recently, the SecureWorks case. You, you know where I'm, I'm I do. Going. I want to hear more about so it. So th- this, was, this was an odd case, but this really, this came out um, during RSA. And I wrote about it, and but it's still kind of echoing in my head, even before the IC3 report came out. But it ties in perfectly with it. So SecureWorks was tracking this campaign, this business email compromise campaign that they believe was out of Nigeria. And the threat actors were, it, it was kind of a unique campaign in that these guys, the, 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 the Nigerian hacker group, they were known as, uh, the SecureWorks called them Gold Galleon. And they, all they did was focus on a specific vertical, the maritime, global maritime shipping industry. And I, it's perfect because different languages, different time zones, different regions, different dialects, different way, you know, uh, different. So all the things that you're supposed to look for, weird emails showing up from in a different language or broken English from, you know, at three in the morning from China or wherever, that's that's common business in the maritime shipping industry. So they focused on this and they just basically said, all we're gonna do is study up on the technical terms that these guys use in the shipping industry, study them, get to know them, learn them, and create crafted, like like convincing invoices. Not the invoices that show up in our inbox, Peter. Right. Because we get those, like, please sign for this invoice. Like I didn't order any lumber. I don't know why Tech Target would need lumber. I mean, I know we've done some renovations here, but, you know, it's not scattershot. It's very targeted. Right. So they, they send out these these emails. Sometimes they spoof the address. Most of the time it looks like what they do is they just get a little bit of off-the-shelf malware, like a remote Trojan. They send a simple phishing email. Again, very convincing. So they send that initial uh, phishing email. They get into the, the, the individual's account. They start using that account. They, send, they set up... Um, forwarding rules in the network they they the, so they're in the environment they don't go anywhere else they're not stealing anything they're not stealing the anything right? they're not stealing ip they're not um dropping ransomware they're not you know crypto none of jack, that no crypto jacking either. no crypto jacking very limited very disciplined yeah and that's all they do and they made the, the secureworks thinks they made you know maybe four or five million dollars last year just this. that one group. Just that one group. That's all they do. And like you think about how easy that is to do that. 
if you really sat down, like if you really sat down, if you and I sat down and said, we're going to pick an industry and we're just going to learn all we can about the top players in it, how hard would it be to, for us to do what they did? Good question. I don't know. Think but, like a hacker, Peter. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you have access to, to email accounts and you're watching for a period of time, I think you could figure it out. And since you don't have to go to the library to to look books up to find out about maritime business or yeah. whatever business, you whatever vertical you choose, you can you can get all that information off the Internet. So, yeah, we could probably do that if we didn't have any moral compass. I mean, we do have a moral compass here, but we do. We have to keep telling ourselves. We have to keep that, telling right? ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, no, it was interesting because you know I spoke with um, one of the security researchers that did the report, that co-authored the report, and has been tracking this. Uh, James Betke, uh, security researcher with uh, uh, SecureWorks uh, um, CTU, their mm -hmm. Counter Threat Unit, and he said. These guys don't really know what they're doing. They're, this is great. Listen to this. The reason they even clued in on these guys in the first place was because they were infecting their own systems with the malware that they bought yeah. off the dark web yeah. to test it. And they said they routinely would buy different types of Trojans or rats or whatever, and they would just run them on their own machines to make sure that they worked. Thinking apparently either they thought that no one else would see that, or they didn't care. And I'm actually sure not. I, I, I I'm not sure what's worse. <laughs> so they were infecting their own machines, and that's like they saw the traffic, you know, the activity, the digital signatures, of yeah. the, the malware, the command and control activity, and that's how they clued in. It just goes to show like how simple this is. All these guys did, Peter, was just sit back and study a vertical and work on crafting the emails. It's all social engineering. I mean, we've talked, you've talked about social engineering and just how that's like the crux of so many threats and attacks. And this really drives it home that hey, you don't have to be, you don't even have to really know what you're doing. You don't have to be able to write the, the malware to right. use it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and, and there's money in selling the malware to the malicious actors too. So, right. So that's why, uh, that's how they how you know it's a it's a it's a business. It's so, an industry. So I mean, to get around this threat, then if so many people that don't know what they're doing can do it, which is disturbing. I mean, what do you do? Do you do you do like do you move to? I don't know. Document signing with with SSL. Do you like I. I you know, do you have to come up with an entirely new sort of SWIFT-oriented system that basically says, okay, this invoice, we're going to need another check on. <laughs> like, even if it says it's who it's from, like, it looks legit. Because all of these documents, that's another thing SecureWorks said. Like, they didn't, they weren't like, please wire us. You know, they, they knew how to write these things. They watched, they got into these inboxes, they they grabbed the emails, they grabbed the invoices, and they studied them. So what do you do besides protect your email accounts? Well, I think you got to start with protecting your email accounts. You have to, you have to uh, continue with drilling your, your employees on, on the proper procedures. Yeah. It's but just so hard to avoid phishing emails now. True. They're so convincing. I mean, it, it may mean putting 
I would hate to see yet another application going out on the internet, but maybe you need to have a, a secure website where you uh, where you do all your stuff through that website. And of course, that makes the website a very uh, delicious yeah, looking yeah. target. Or maybe some type of like PGP keys and emails to validate that the person's. I mean, I I don't, I don't know. I I honestly like. I, I mean, any anything you come up with at this point is going to have. Um, some drawbacks. I mean, the document signing, that's, that's okay. But like, let's be honest. I mean, has the, has the CA, you know, the, the certificate authority, it's market been above board lately. I mean, they've had some problems. Which yeah. We've, I, we've I documented. Mean, yeah. The, um, they've been working on it. I think. Yeah, no, that's but, true. But the, but I, I think, I think one the bottom line for a lot of this stuff is that, uh, you, you, you no longer have the option of saying cheap, secure, fast pick two you have to uh, say it's got to be secure especially if you're going to run money through it um, or anything else that's important if you're going to use it for anything important it's got to be secure number one and then and then choose either faster or efficient yeah or sorry faster cheap faster cheap yeah I, I just think you know we're really in for it if it if there's if there's groups out there that can just spin something up like this that quickly and I, you don't need a lot of technical knowledge you just need the sort of wherewithal to the patients to study be disciplined not overreach and just say we're going to do this and only this and we're going to make money and not overreach too much i mean eventually people are going to understand like secureworks found out that these transactions like they're like oh this is this shouldn't be going through <laughs> like the the this is what's going on here. We're seeing the activity yeah. now behind the scenes from this group, but yeah, it's it's chilling, and it just it's just another thing we're going to have to contend with now. So, good times, Peter. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, this will probably be a big one for next year's uh, IC3 report too. I'm guessing, but uh, you're probably right. Time will tell. Um, Peter, thank you for sitting in here to discuss yet another threat that we have to worry about. I know it's not always a uh, Happy times uh, uh, doesn't put you in, in a positive disposition, but <laughs> there you have it. Thank you. Glad to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time. 